Welcome, everyone, to Life on the Bubble. I'm Andy Katz. Pleased to be joined by my good friend and colleague, former colleague, current colleague, Seth Greenberg. Every uh, colleague's got to have a guru. I have a guru. You're a guru. Yes. We're each other's guru. Um, the West Bracket. Let's break it down. Let's first look at Kansas as the one seed coming out of the toughest league in the country. Uh, good news, Bill Self expected to coach this weekend after having to miss the Big 12 tournament. Um, he was hospitalized, but he's out. He's had his procedure. He's ready to come back. Uh, they didn't. They won the regular season, didn't win the tournament. That was won by Texas. Uh, your thoughts first on Kansas, their season, and the Jayhawks as a one. Incredible season. I mean, you think about it. They lose two first-round draft choices, and they just – be Kansas, you know, Jalen Wilson basically takes the mantle uh, from Ochai Baji. Uh, you know, Grady Dick was just phenomenal. He's, you know, he's not Christian Brown, but he's Christian Brown-ish. Uh, Dewan Harris was phenomenal as a leader and a terrific defender and made plays. Uh, I just think it's phenomenal. And, and I'll tell you what, we've got to tip our hats to Norm Roberts. What a great job he did. What a absolutely great job he did. Uh, you know, in a very difficult situation early in the season during the suspension. And also now, obviously, when, when Coach Self went out. So I like the team. They don't have depth. Uh, and that's where the concern is. No, no Kevin McCullough, and I would have a concern. If they don't have Kevin yeah. McCullough, I would really be concerned. Yeah, keep uh, go back to your, your mentioning when he had to replace him when Bill Self was suspended at the beginning of the season. Um, that was when they had the Champions Classic. Norm Roberts coached that game. And they actually didn't find, you know, sort of it was a late decision. So uh, it was back all the way back then, and they won that game. Grady Dick played well, remember, way back in Indianapolis. Um, all right, Howard. It's a 116 matchup in Des Moines. Got to give a shout-out to Kenny Blakeney because uh, he's done a really good job in building that program up in the MEAC, uh, getting them in position to be an NCAA tournament team. It's a 116 matchup. Uh, is there any chance Howard can win? No, I don't. I don't. Look, Kenny's done a great job, but if you look at their the games they played against similar type of competition, they you know obviously they haven't had the success. He does a good job. He runs really good offense, but Kansas has got a maturity, a tough, a toughness. Bill always has his team ready to play. I think that having Bill back is not as much technical, but you know, like when. When you have a relationship with your players like he has with his players, <clears throat> excuse me, seeing him on the court, seeing him there with them, knowing what he went through, I, I, I kind of compared it to a little bit last year. If you remember that comeback win against Kansas State after Bill's dad passed, um, those kids will be more than ready to play, and they will not want to disappoint him. Yeah, it's crazy. You know, we just have never thought at least in the national conversation, I haven't seen everything you've done on ESPN, but like it just was not discussed earlier in the year that they could win back-to-back, but they can. They can win back-to-back titles for the first time since 06. Small margin of error, Andy. Small margin. No, I know, but I mean, it is possible. Yeah, it's possible, but they have they have the smallest margin of error of any of the number one seeds because their lack of depth. You know, you saw what happened without McCuller. People say, oh, McCuller scores eight points a game. He's the, you know, if Jalen Wilson is Batman and Grady Dick is Robin, he's Alfred the Butler. 
and everyone has a role. But you take him out, he's an elite defender, rebounds the ball, he does things that impact winning. So uh, Kevin McCullough being healthy and uh, them staying out of foul trouble is going to be the key. All right, so 8-9 game in that bracket in Des Moines is like these other 8-9s. I don't know which game, which team we're going to see. Are we going to get the good Arkansas or the bad one? Are we going to get the good Illinois or the bad one? I mean, these two teams are in this game for a reason. They have been wildly inconsistent. They both have the potential to get to Houston, but we don't know. What do you see in this matchup? Arkansas has got to figure themselves out with Nick Smith. I mean, since Nick Smith's been back, Devo Davis has not been the same Devo Davis. Obviously, Ricky Council is an elite scorer. Anthony Black is a, to me, it just he reminds me of Shea Gilgis Alexander early on in his career. Um, limited up front in terms of what they can do. They have to play small. Uh, very good defensively, very disruptive defensively. Muss is a good tournament coach. Uh, on the other hand, you've got Illinois, who I saw their last game against Michigan, and they're a team that uh, you want more from Coleman Hawkins. Jaden Depps coming off this concussion, that's a concern. There's no doubt about it. But they got two dudes that can take over a game, and Matt Meyer and, and Terrence Shannon. And I think in watching them play, Brad Underwood has to live with some suspect shot selection. So they have guys that can shoot them into a game, and they have guys who can shoot them out of a game. They're one of the best in the country in two-point percentage, yet they shoot a ridiculous, like 47 percent of shots from three. It's mind-boggling to me. He's giving them that, that freedom. But uh, I have some – so both, both of these teams have scars. That's why it's an 8-9 game. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to pick Arkansas and – my trust in Eric Musselman's track record the last few years of playing well in the NCAA tournament. All right, I'll be a Big Ten homer. I'll go Illinois. Uh, we got Kansas, Illinois in Des Moines. We'll get to the winner in a moment. Uh, St. Mary's VCU, UConn, Iona in the snowy Albany on Friday, 12-5 game. Uh, got the <clears throat> Hurley-Patino matchup there. First, St. Mary's VCU. Contrast in styles. Um I like VCU here. You know, St. Mary's, they beat Gonzaga at home. They've not played well of late. Um, I like the Rams. They're they're on the up. Ace Baldwin's an elite scorer. Aiden Mahaney's played really well as a freshman point guard. But uh, as hard as it is to go against St. Mary's, uh, I'm leaning VCU. What do you think? Well, here's the thing. Identity. Who can impose their identity on the game? Well, if VCU can score it and get into pressure – there are two reasons you press, Andy. One is to turn people over. The other is to limit your exposure in the half court. If VCU can score it and extend their defense, even if they don't turn St. Mary's over, they only have to go to St. Mary's for about 10 to 15 seconds. Very similar to what Gonzaga did uh, the last two times they played them. So uh, I like VCU in this game. I, I like none. I like Ace Baldwin. I like, uh, I like uh, Deloche. I like their depth, uh, but at times, you know, they struggle scoring. If they can't score, they can't set up their defense. Uh, the first time St. Mary's played uh, Gonzaga, that was a problem. Uh, at the end of the game, Gonzaga couldn't score. St. Mary's flattened them out when they came back out and started getting that ball hot. Uh, Gonzaga was chasing them. When Gonzaga scored early in the game, Gonzaga got into that little three-quarter-quarter press, they set their defense, 
they were able to only have to guard for about 15 seconds, and they pretty much owned that game early on. So I think that I, I've got VCU. That's one of my upsets. UConn-Iona. Um, the winner gets St. John's. No, yes. just kidding. Uh I've got, I've got, I've got UConn. I think UConn. I've got UConn going over to Final Four, I, I, and that's putting a little pressure on Danny. Uh, two legitimate post guys. Uh, I think Cal, uh, Caravan is is underappreciated. Jordan Hawkins has got to show up. Here, here's the deal with Jordan Hawkins. He can't do what he did against Marquette. Uh, he's got to play well, and then Tristan Newton's got to be solid. But I've, I've got uh, the backcourt of. UConn handling the pressure of Iona, even though Nelly Joseph is a very good front court player, and uh, their backcourt uh, is tough enough to be able to put some pressure on you and score it. Uh, they, they I, I think UConn wins this game. All right, so I have UConn winning as well against VCU, and you have <clears throat> Arkansas, Kansas, Illinois. I think Kansas gets to the Sweet Sixteen against. VCU, I am not sold on UConn playing consistently game to game. Uh, even though they're playing in Albany, they'll be the home the home away from home team. I'm going with an upset. VCU to the Sweet 16 against Kansas. What is your matchup in the West at T-Mobile in Las Vegas? Yeah, I've got Kansas, Kansas advancing. Uh, I think that Kansas, uh, as long as Kevin McCullough is healthy, if he's not healthy, I do not have them advancing. He's got to play in that game. If he doesn't play that game, I think they get beat. And I've got UConn beating VCU. Uh, I've got uh, UConn, again, the VCU pressure will be real. There's no doubt about it. Uh, but Tristan Newton has been better later. And I think that if they do trap and they throw over the top, that's going to free Jordan Hawkins up for some step-in threes or some kick-out threes on reversals or skips. Uh, and I've got, I've got UConn winning that game. All right. Let's go down to uh, Denver and Sacramento on the bottom part of the West. So TCU is going to take on the winner of Arizona State, Nevada, Gonzaga, Grand Canyon. I'll be there in Denver on Friday. Um, you know, I think regardless who wins, I didn't have Nevada in, by the way. I had Rutgers in. So I actually only had one team off, uh, and that was that. I had Nevada out, Rutgers in. Um, so I have TCU advancing regardless who they play. And I've got Gonzaga beating Grand Canyon. I think Gonzaga is playing really well right now. Um, how do you see those two games in Denver? Yeah, I like TCU. I like TCU. I think TCU, the speed that they play with, Mikey Miles, 19 points a game in transition. They turn you over. They return their, their leading six scorers. Uh, Miller can make shots. Um, I, I just think they, again, identity, identity, identity. They can impose their identity in the speed of the game. So I have I have TCU win that game, and then Walter Ellis. I want to pick Grand Canyon because my man Walter Ellis, obviously Lafonso's son, he's the favorite player in all tournament from the College Game Day crew. But I'm I'm going to go with the Zags. Uh, I think the Zags are uh, they're they're playing well. I mean they're defending. They're 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 more connected defensively. They're more physical defensively. Uh, they're more alert defensively, and we know how good they are offensively. And I. Julian Stroth has got to be a little more consistent. I do like the way Malachi Smith is playing right now for them. Malachi Smith, uh, his toughness, he can get him a he can just go get him a basket, which I think that this team needs. All right, so we agree. TCU, Gonzaga in Denver <clears throat> with a trip to the Sweet 16. We'll pick that one in just a moment. 
Last part of the bracket in the West. Northwestern Boise State, UCLA, UNC, Asheville in Sacramento. Um, I, I'm going to go with the Boo Booey Marcus Shaver matchup. Uh, Boise's going to both keep, by the way, this game's going to be in the 50s. I, I, you know, maybe someone will get to 60. And then UCLA, Asheville, UCLA play proved it can play without Jalen Clark. We'll see to what extent as they f- go further in. Uh, Drew Pemmer is a good score from Asheville. Um, how do you see these two games in Sacramento? I got Northwestern winning it all. I do. I really like Max Rice. I think he's a really good player. Degan Hart, uh, the kid who's from Spokane, actually, he looks like a, a Gonzaga player. Uh, but, uh, you know, maybe I'm biased. I, I did a Northwestern game. I'm so impressed with Chris Collins. I'm so impressed those seniors stayed while Ryan Young and Pete Nance left. Uh, and somehow it was addition by subtraction for them. And I'm happy for those kids, but I mean, I'm happy for Chris, Chris Collins. I think Nicholson, the big kid for Northwestern is probably the most underappreciated player in America. He just does what he can do. He plays to his strengths. And uh, what is it? Brooks Barn, uh, Barnhart. Yeah. Barnheiser. I'll tell you one thing. That dude is getting better every time I watch him play. He is getting better every time I watch him play. He's going to be the X factor in this basketball game. Uh, so I've got Northwestern winning that game. And then UCLA, I'm, my concern with UCLA is that Dembona doesn't play in the NCAA tournament like he didn't play in the championship game. Uh, I'm fine with these, this, these first, this first round. I do have a little bit of a concern uh, them moving on. All right, so we have a TCU-Gonzaga matchup and Northwestern-UCLA, we both agree. I've got UCLA advancing to play Gonzaga in Vegas, which would be a rematch of a Sweet 16 game many moons ago in Oakland, Adam Morrison's last year. If you remember, they blew that big lead, stole the ball from J.P. Batista, and UCLA came back and won. That was the beginning of the back-to-back UCLA Final Fours. Um, So I got a rematch of that game in Vegas. Who do you see playing in Las Vegas? I'm going to go to this another one of my upsets. I picked TCU and UCLA. Uh, I picked TCU, again, identity, identity, identity. If they can get up underneath them, all of a sudden that limb stair exposure to have them defend Timmy in the half court and all those spins and turns, uh, I, I think TCU is uh, – now, they don't shoot a great. That's a little bit of a concern because Fuey, they won't guard non-shooters. But uh, I think Jamie Dixon, he's – you know. He's done an amazing job, doesn't get enough credit. And, and I really give a lot of credit for totally changing how they're playing. I think that's a big thing, uh, literally changing totally how they're playing. Uh, so I've got TCU in the upset over Gonzaga, and I've got UCLA. Uh, Jaime Hawkins, Tiger Campbell, David Singleton knocking down jump shots. Uh, Amir Belli has really been a pleasant surprise in terms of how he's developed over the course of the season. I got UCLA winning that game. All right, so you have UCLA <clears throat> taking on TCU. I have Gonzaga taking on uh, UCLA. And then the upper part in Vegas, you have UConn versus Kansas, assuming McCullough plays, and I have VCU versus Kansas in Las Vegas. All right, so we took – go check on, on each one of our four podcasts. We got everyone to the Sweet 16 because we're going to do this next week to advance, see how we did. Uh, We're also going to pick the final four, a little plan A, plan B. All of that on Life on the Bubble, Seth, me, Seth on Hoops, at the Andy Cats, wherever you find your podcast, you find us right here. Seth, bracket challenge? 
Go to ESPN.com, the Bracket Challenge. The bracket Marathon is going on right now, but the Bracket Challenge, fill out as many brackets as you'd like because you got to have agility and you got to have a contingency plan because we got some injuries in the NCAA tournament. So we're giving you a chance to, to do a second bracket. All right. You can always check out my bracket on March Madness, men's basketball, and uh, NCAA.com and Bleach Report. All right. Appreciate everyone watching. We've got more to come. Thanks for watching.